Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. I'm so glad you're here. Today, as you know by now, is Mother's Day. And I think we all really appreciate the fact that we have a mother. I know I do, because without one, we wouldn't be here. And this is Mad May. And nobody impacts, nobody makes a difference more than our moms. So let's go to 1 Samuel, and we'll be looking at chapter 1. And here we have a man who had two wives, two wives. I mean, that's mistake number one. But God wasn't for it, but he allowed it. And one of his wives had a lot of kids, but for some reason the man didn't love her very much. His other wife was unfortunately barren, but he loved her with all his heart in verse 2. So there was jealousy and conflict between the two women, the one being tormented and ridiculed for being a barren wife in verse 6. You can imagine how Hannah, the barren one, was broken in her spirit. In the middle of her pain, she broke down and poured out her heart to God. And the Bible tells us she wept bitterly in verse 7 over her disappointment. Later, she decided on a different approach and made a vow to God in verse 11 saying, God, you know, if you will just give me a child, I'll give the child back to you. I will raise them and put them back in your service for the rest of their days. So God answered her prayer and gave her a son. And it was named Samuel, who she dedicated to God. She raised him until he was weaned. That's about three, four years old. Then brought him to the tabernacle and handed him to the high priest named Eli in verse 27 and 28. And she said, here is my gift. I made a covenant with God that I would bring him up and put him in service to God for the rest of his life. So now he is yours. So Samuel grew up and featured prominently as a prophet in the history of Israel. He was the one to anoint both Saul and David to be king. So today I want to look at four simple observations. Four very simple observations. But number one, no matter what anybody says, To want to be a mother is a powerful thing, an extremely powerful thing. Hannah just wanted to be a mom. And history shows us again and again the importance of the role that mothers play in giving and shaping human lives. And God has known all along that without quality women wanting to become mothers, the human race is in big trouble. But sadly, I met some women actually lower their voice when I asked them, so what do you do? And they say to me, Uh, No, not not much really. You know, I have a basic job and and I just raise the kids. What? You know, there's a saying that says, she who rocks the cradle rules the world. Moms, your role is significant and we value what you do. The world desperately needs bright, loving, honest and happy children who are followers of Jesus Christ. And Hannah wasn't apologetic about wanting to be a mom. She saw it as a perfect fit for her life. To be a mother, to be a mother, to aspire to be a mother is a very powerful, honorable thing. Number two has to do with the ridicule that Hannah took from the other wife of her husband. The Bible says that this woman intentionally shamed and provoked her just because she couldn't have children. And we live in a world where everybody has an opinion. And you don't have to go far to find someone expressing theirs on what women should or should not do and what they should or should not be. You know, like a cookie cutter mold to fit all. 
You know, some people say all women should pursue careers. Others say all women should stay at home and be stay-at-home moms, you know, as if that's possible for most people in today's world. All mothers, you know, should homeschool their kids if they really love their kids. <laughs> if I'd have homeschooled my kids, I, I would have introduced them to Jesus personally, I think, you know. But still, still others say all mothers, you know, should mix raising children with having a huge career. Now, the troublesome word that I've used over and over again is the word all, all. So what's the answer? I believe it's understanding that you are unique. You are unique. And that God is the ultimate God in the making of life's major decisions. And so I want to say to you, trust God, then step out confidently in the direction that he leads you, regardless of what anybody else thinks. Remember, it is God that has wired each one of us. He knows your gifts. He knows your talents. He knows your passions, your ability, and your makeup. He knows, you know, what particular direction is best for your life. And he cares. He really cares. And you've got to know that. Are you listening to me, moms? You've got to get this. One size doesn't fit everybody. And so the question is, will you follow God's direction? There are many women in the Bible who look to him, looked to God and got some really unusual custom-tailored leading and followed those directions courageously. For example, in Judges 4, a crisis of leadership arose during a very depressing time in Israel. So the people cried out for God to do something, and he did. He found a woman named Deborah and assigned her to the top leadership position in the nation. And God used her to, to cause a turnaround that eventually led the nation into 40 years of peace and prosperity. Know that there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a strong woman. Nothing at all. Listen, I'm married to one. At another time, an evil man named Haman was planning to exterminate all the Jews. And God, in his grace, stepped in and chose a woman named Esther to be the key deliverer of an entire nation. He had given her extraordinary physical beauty. So you need to know God can use beauty for his purpose. And it was the combination of her beauty and her personality and also, I would say, her tenacious courage that he used to save his people from extinction. She was stretched to the limit of her faith. But she said this, I will do what God asks me to do. And if I perish, I perish. In that culture, you were not allowed to go into the king's presence, even as a wife, without his invitation. If you did, you were dead. But Esther went anyway. I mean, she must have used all at her disposal to look her best. I mean, she's married to the king. And so I think she did everything she could. Because when the king saw her, he was like, whoa, Esther. What do you want? You know, I'll give you anything you want, up to half, half of my kingdom. I mean, she must have really looked hot. She didn't cave to cultural expectation, but was willing to risk her life to carry out the assignment that God had given her. Then, in the book of Acts 18, God had anointed a young man called Apollos with extraordinary teaching skills, but he lacked knowledge. So God used a married couple, Aquila and Priscilla, to help train him. Priscilla cooperated with God's assignment and he used her to help prepare a key person for his role in the early church. You know, it was totally unusual in the culture of that day, but God knew how she was wired. 
Priscilla was a difference maker as she cooperated with God's plan. And then when God was looking for a woman who would birth his son, Jesus, he chose Mary. He assigned Mary the task of investing herself in raising and nurturing of his son. And she obeyed, giving the son of God a loving environment to grow and mature in. Well, why did God choose Mary, you might ask? God knew how he had made her. He knew her assignment was consistent, I believe, with how he had wired her. And Mary gave the world its savior. So I'm just saying that one size doesn't fit all. Some people can manage a career and have two kids and a family. And others, you know, may say well, as they look into that, I don't see how they can do that. Hey, that's how God wired that person to do it. You know, how do you do that without dying? I'm made for it. And if you're gifted for it, you can do it. How do you do it? You just do it. Now, if it's giving you a hernia, then you're probably not doing what God's wired you to do. He said to you in Matthew eleven thirty, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Full-time moms, single moms, career moms, blended family moms, you know. Somebody else might fall, you know, under the burden, but not you. He's engineered you. He's a craftsman and a builder. He knows all about stress and structure. And he will never allow more to be placed on you than you are able to bear. Even if you don't have or can't have children, you can still be a mother to so many in this generation that so desperately need it. Know that it's God who gives you grace. It comes through for you. Don't worry about somebody else. Just you. Don't try to be somebody else. You know, when David was about to face off with Goliath, Saul wanted David to wear his Saul armor. Put on my armor. But David said, I can't wear your armor, Saul. But I can take this guy down with my small pebbles. He was skillful in what he could do. And you, I believe, will be too. Don't let religion, culture, people, your family, background, race, don't let them make you be something that God did not make you to be. You know, when I started the church, I said, my wife is my wife. So if she wants to do something and she's gifted to do it, she can do it. But I won't force her to do anything just because she's married to the pastor, you know. There is far too much, I believe, unfair stress placed on women trying to make them do things that they're not gifted to do. Now, I believe in serving in the house because this is mad may, you know, where we're highlighting, making a difference may. And I believe we are all called to serve, but never ever allow someone to manipulate, dominate or intimidate you. You know, Jane, my wife, dresses in the style she's comfortable with. She parented in the way that she was comfortable with. She leads in a way that she's comfortable with. Why? Because she's authentic. I don't want you to you know, fit into anybody's pattern but God's, he made you unique and different. So celebrate that. Just don't violate scripture. Did you hear me? Don't violate scripture, but don't be afraid to be who you are. And so I, Jan and I have two boys. They are totally different. I mean, totally. One size doesn't fit all. And there are many women in scripture, but these four show you that there is no single mold to fit into. There's no one single calling that God expects all women to pursue. Deborah was a politician and a military leader. 
Esther was a beauty queen. Priscilla was a theological instructor. Mary, a, a beautiful mother and a homemaker. So I want to challenge all women, young and old, listening to my voice online right now. Affirm and build up each other. There. Build up the women around you. They have a unique calling. Celebrate that God is a God of diversity. Let's be the kind of church that affirms the different callings. Working moms, single moms, full-time moms, empty nest moms, surrogate moms. You are all unique and beautifully made. Number three, the story that we started with underlines the impact of prayer in the life of a woman. And Hannah especially. The Bible tells us she was provoked year after year after year. She was shamed relentlessly just because she wasn't a parent. But Hannah had a secret weapon of mass destruction and she deployed it whenever she felt beaten down. And that was prayer. And the text says that when she went to pray, she poured out her heart and God listened and he understood and he cared. You know, at The Rock, we have a lot of women who are in you know, every conceivable life situation. And maybe on this Mother's Day, you need to be reminded of the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Maybe we have some beaten down and discouraged moms today who need an inner healing that only prayer could affect. Maybe you've got some moms, you know, and, and, and you're sitting watching me. Maybe you're facing an empty nest. That's a new adjustment and it's, it's a new season in life. Maybe we've got mums of wayward kids who feel deep down in their spirit, you know, I must be a total failure. I did my best, but it didn't seem to do much good. Maybe we've got some moms who, who are desperately wondering how long they're going to be able to, to keep everything together because they're single. They're single moms that, that are battling month to month. Or some women who long to be moms, but for some reason, medically or physically, it can't be. And so maybe we've got some moms who gave their child up for adoption and it weighs heavily on their heart every single day. Or some moms in blended families. And boy, that's a tough one. Maybe it's not working out well yet. And maybe we have a lot of people who need to be reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Maybe 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Somebody once said to me, Pastor Mark, I'm a burden bearer. What? I'm not. Jesus told me to get it on him. What are you carrying it all for? I'm not carrying a burden. I'm putting it on him. Now, maybe some of you need to receive you know, permission to what Psalm 62, 8 says, pour out your heart to God. Some of you need to pour out your heart to God. And for this kind of prayer, you probably want to be alone. It could be in a car driving to and from work or doing something around the house when the home is empty. And you, and you just get to say to God, God, this is where I am. This is what I'm feeling right now. And you might say, well, I don't want God to hear that. He really knows your thoughts and the intents of your heart. He knows if you're upset, if you're discouraged, if you're carrying a weight, if you're under a heavy burden. And perhaps you're thinking, this is not a, the, the way I planned my life to be. I didn't plan to, for things to go this way. And you know, you've just got to be in a place. And you know it in your spirit from now on, I've just got to trust God. And I believe he likes it when you share your heart with him. I've learned in my life, it's therapeutic. 
You don't have to pay like 800 bucks an hour to lie on the couch. You just talk to the Lord. It's free, no charge. And I've learned this. He listens and he does care. So Hannah found strength in prayer and felt safe and secure. God cared when she prayed. So let me challenge all the women online at The Rock today and you men listening. Pray. Pray all the time. Pray often. Pray earnestly about anything and everything. Philippians 4, 6. But in everything, let your requests be made known to God. You know, make them specific and trust God for what you need. The Bible says in Matthew 18, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. All you need is two, not 2,000 in agreement. Pray with your spouse. Pray with your kids. Pray with a friend. Moms, understand the power of prayer. Number four, here's my last thought. Hannah discovered that preparing a child for a life of service to God was the highest calling possible for a mom. Barren for so long, I think it gave her time to work out why she wanted to have a child. Maybe at the start, her reasoning was kind of superficial. You know, I want to compete with the other wife, you know. I'll show her. But eventually came to the place where she saw child raising as an opportunity to give God glory by preparing the young life that she had birthed for an entire lifetime of serving and service to God. And when she'd landed on that reason, she made a simple vow to God in verse 11. It was kind of, oh God, if you grant me a child as a gift from your gracious hand, I will do everything in my power to love and model and, and spiritually raise that child in the hope that someday they will be completely available for you for a lifetime of service. And God heard her prayer and gave her a son, Samuel. And she did exactly what she said. So Hannah committed this child to the Lord. And Samuel became one of the most important spiritual leaders in the history of God's people. The point is, Hannah figured out the ultimate goal of motherhood. Uh, and that was, she wasn't just going to raise her kid to be well-adjusted, bright, and, and employable. She ain't higher than that. She prayed that this child would serve God for a lifetime. So moms online, do you have a vision like that for your children? I'm not saying that every person must get their kid to go into full-time Christian ministry. Not at all. That's not God's plan for everybody. But why not pray that all of our children come to know Christ, that they would serve and honor him their whole life. I don't care if they're a doctor, a banker, a shop steward, you know, a mechanic, a dressmaker, nurse, lawyers, teachers, whatever career they are in, just that they would honor God through that career. That's my ultimate goal. Wouldn't that be a great joy for any mom and dad? Why wouldn't we pray every day for that? If your kids are far from God, you could possibly fast one day a week just so that they would come to know him fully. Even if you have adult kids, you know, who have moved baby away from home, perhaps have their own families. It's never too late to pray those prayers and establish the same goals for them. I don't lie awake at night worrying about my boy's earning potential or how many square meters they'll have in their home, what model of year their car will be. No, my time and concern focus on them and their spouses following Jesus in a real, authentic and passionate way. 
having solid Christian friends and making a difference in their world. That they would seek God's purpose and do whatever he wants them to do. Now, of course, I want my children to flourish and be blessed. But I know that if they walk with God, they will reach their destination. And that, I believe, that will make Jan and I the happiest parents on the whole earth. And we won't stop praying and believing for that. What would it profit us as parents if our kids gain the whole world and lose their souls for eternity? That would be the ultimate tragedy for us. So let's all, every single one of us, decide to encourage our children to worship and serve God with all their heart. You know, take them to church if you're in our area. Bring them on a Wednesday evening if they're in grade four to seven or in high school, you know, so that they can engage and have fun and learn Christian principles so that they can live blessed lives. I love seeing the kids in our kids' ministry coming back with an excitement for what God has for them. Set an example for your children. If you're keeping them away from God's house, filling their lives with just education and sport, when things go bad later in life, you I'm telling you, you will have been the one who sowed the seeds. And dad, I'm talking to moms today, but don't just drop your family off. This is not a mom's religion. You take your spiritual place. Statistics tell us that if a dad goes to church, 80% of them their fam 87% of them, their families will follow. He's the key. So it's not a matter of what I feel like or don't feel like. It's the example I want to set for my kids. I want them to know that a relationship with God is the most important thing, more important than their career, sport, anything. So let me say that motherhood is an incredibly valuable role to all our moms. We love and appreciate and we honor you. We ask God today to energize and empower you to be a mom like Hannah. Just remember this. There are no perfect moms or dads. We have a perfect father. Yes, we have a perfect savior. And he helps us to, to produce the kids that will be a credit to the next generation. He's the only one perfect. And so moms, you need to know, we love you all, each and every one of you. Have an awesome day. Let's pray. Right now, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And if that's you and you know in your heart, I need to do that. Would you just pray this simple prayer with me? It goes like this. Just repeat it after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to me. If you just pray that simple prayer, we believe that you will never be the same again. Join us again next week, same time, same place. And remember, next week we have Mike Amy, who will be speaking to us. He's originally from Los Angeles. He's now in Namibia, Vintuk, building an incredible church. And I know he's got a message just for you. So until then, let's share hope, show kindness, and all of us shine Jesus.